Good morning. Yesterday morning, uh, we had a visit from Father Michael Lapsley, who uh, comes from South Africa and works all over the world these days, working for reconciliation and healing in communities and nations between peoples. And he has an incredible story to tell about his own life and ministry, which began back in the 1970s when his religious community sent him from his native New Zealand to South Africa to proclaim the gospel. And he arrived in South Africa at the height of apartheid. And what was most horrifying to him about that was the way that it turned his understanding of the moral world upside down, even in the name of Jesus Christ. Because apartheid rested in part on a distorted proclamation of the Christian gospel. And what really brought that home to him most vividly was his witnessing young black children, students, getting shot in the streets in broad daylight. And the people shooting them would then go to church the following Sunday with impunity, praying to a God that they believed approved of their actions. That moved Father Michael to speak out against apartheid and to stand in solidarity with all those who were suffering under the regime and the ways that it dehumanized everyone into racial categories. And it's a story that he shares over and over again with people who have experienced trauma in their lives, as we all have in one form or another. We are, if truth be told, to some degree children of violence, whether it's our distant ancestors or whether it's abuse in our families or the challenges that we have faced trying to survive in a world where the moral order is too often turned upside down. Reflecting on that, makes me wonder about the title of today's Sunday. It's Christ the King. And it's a bit of an odd duck in the Christian calendar. It's also a latecomer. It was introduced by Pope Pius XI in 1925 in an encyclical. It was meant to be an antidote to the rise of fascism in Italy under Mussolini. And it became adopted a little bit later in the 20th century by other Christian denominations, including our own. But what do we really mean when we call Christ a king? Because kings, as we all know, are not the most reputable people in the world. You can only name a handful that we really like, and most of them ruled in peacetime. We have sort of an abusive great uncle in the Anglican family named Henry, who is not the most illustrious king in all of history. We owe him a great deal 
from his break with a corrupt papacy that was in league with all of the crown heads of Europe and, and a lot of intrigue. We owe him for getting Thomas Cranmer lined up to write the first book of Common Prayer, but then also in the room with us are Henry's wives and their blood and his intemperate desire for power and a male heir. We look to scripture and we don't do much better. Jeremiah is recalling for us today the great kings of Israel, shepherds, David and Solomon, for instance. But David and Solomon had their own skeletons in their own closets, for sure. And they were easily swayed and corruptible. And certainly their children more so. The Hebrew scriptures are replete with corrupt kings who are going off and doing the wrong thing and leading the people astray and bringing violence upon the innocent. So why do we call Christ a king? One reason might be that we're recalling the ancient Christian community. Because what we can gather from what we have is that even before the words of the New Testament were put to paper even before the gospel we heard today was written down. There were at least two primary proclamations of the early Christian church. One of them was Christ is risen. and The other one was Jesus is Lord. Kyrie. King. And it was a statement that was quite radical because the subtext to that was in the first century Jesus is Lord Caesar is not needless to say it didn't take the Roman Empire very long to get on board with what Jesus is Lord meant it was only by co-opting Christianity centuries later that the persecutions finally came to an end. And again, the moral order was turned upside down when Christianity became a child of empire. So why do we talk about Christ the King? Father Michael traveled the world speaking out against apartheid. And upon one return trip to South Africa, he received in the mail some religious magazines. When he opened them, they exploded. He lost both hands and an eye. His eardrums were ruptured. He didn't know if he would live or die. And he tells the harrowing story of being in a hospital room by himself wondering whether it was worth it to go on living. A few weeks before he received the letter bomb, he had been to visit a school and had spoken with children about the importance of working against a system of evil and about how precious their lives were. 
And when they heard that he had been the victim of a mail bomb, they all did artwork for him and sent it to him. And his hospital room was filled with the art of children. And so he says that when he was in his most despairing moment, all he had to do was open his eye and look at this beautiful artwork that the children had made. And he knew he was loved. He knew he was prayed for. And he knew it was worth it to try to live. Father Michael says that it is not enough to survive. As children of trauma, it is not enough for us to simply survive. That's not good enough in the light of the Christian gospel. We are called to heal. And more than that, to overcome our wounds, to become a new people. And when Father Michael started to take that seriously, he began a new journey which he now takes around the world with him. And his prosthetic lens bear witness to the wounds of Christ. And they are no longer the sole subject of his life. It's not the first thing he talks about when he meets with people. That episode with a mail bomb and his recovery has been woven back into the tapestry of a much larger life. A life that he believes has been given to him by God in Christ and that he now shares to bring hope and healing to peoples all over the world from the Far East to here in this diocese to Europe and to Africa. Today's image of Christ the King in the Gospel is not about a king who sits on a throne. We could have called those up in Scripture today. Christ on a throne, Christ victorious, Christ in a gilded hall, Christ in the great castle in the sky. But today we have a king who rules from the cross. And he rules in this way. When a thief who recognizes he is receiving what he deserves says to Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me like you'd remember a lost family member. Like you'd put an epitaph on a tombstone. Put my name somewhere, he's asking Jesus. Jesus says, that's not good enough. Today, you will be with me in paradise. We need Christ as king to put the moral universe right side up. For Christ, our king, rules not with a military and not with might or power, but with compassion, with love, with healing, with true justice. And it is that kingship that we take ownership of today 
for ourselves, and then we are called to turn outward and share that with a world in need of healing. A kingship that leads us always into new and greater life, leads us from being survivors to being victors, healed and redeemed for all eternity. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.